find us on Facebook, email us at headtoheadpinball at gmail.com or go to our website at headtoheadpinball.com. Welcome everybody to the Head to Head Pinball Podcast. <laughs> I, I nearly choked on that. It's been so long. My name's Martin. And my name's Ryan C. Good for you to be, be choking on it still after all this long, mate. That was that was the weekly <laughs> thing, just, just choking on it all week long. Choking every week. How are you, man? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I feel like this is the year that I've talked to you the least. Like I, I was It's true. Really looking forward to um, catching up with you at, at Hashman's uh, Christmas party. Yep. If anyone doesn't know, there's a guy called called Dave. Uh, his nickname is Hashman. Uh, he streams on a Twitch channel called Shit Pimble uh, because he's very shit at pimble, him and, uh, and his lovely partner, Ray. Um, and he employs three people at his business, um, but he always just wants to have the, the best kind of Christmas work party. So more and more people get invited to his party every year. And I think this year there was... Uh, I don't know, I think 70 or 80 people at his house. And uh, it was great, but I, I arrived while you were while you were leaving. Correct. And because I normally get there late, but my life is, is very different these days in that I obviously, you know, work a bit, but I start early and I end early. So I, I had worked on that Saturday and just by the time it was about... I don't know. It was like even like eight thirty. It wasn't even late. I was just like, you know what? I just got to go home. I'm I'm just I'm just tired. Twenty 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 two was a big year. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm ready for a break. I'm ready for a holiday. I'm ready for something. I'm ready for like just the commitments of life as an adult to just pause for for two weeks <laughs> as yeah. it, as it does. Yep. Um. You know that period between Christmas and, and New Year's and you just don't know what day it is and you don't give a fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. love that. It's my favorite time of the year where I'm like, is it is it Wednesday? Is it Saturday? I don't have any responsibilities and I love it. Which was effectively my 2020. That was the year of COVID starting. Mm. You know, it all sort of came crashing down at the same time. It was end of 2019. I quit my job mm-hmm. and then quit the podcast. At the same time. <laughs> You're like, fuck this. I kind of quit life. I did. I kind of just went, well, not like, I didn't neck myself, obviously. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm still God. here. This went dark very quickly. Uh, but <laughs> I, I wanted to end it all. That obviously didn't sound any better. <laughs> but but I, just, I just wanted to get off. Oh, what's happening to me? <laughs> Fucking hell. Shut up. Right, it's you. It's like, now that we're back, I can't help it. There's always a double on top. I, 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 I do have my webcam on and I am topless, so I, I yeah. understand. There you go. No, I, I just needed a massive change in my life. And that's what happened. So 2020 was, I was, I was going to bed at like four or five o'clock in the morning every night and getting up whenever i liked no not not any time whenever i liked it could have been midday it could have been two in the afternoon it could have been nine in the morning it didn't matter because it just didn't matter and i fucking enjoyed it i i was off how, work for how long hour. could have you done that for though because that's what Never. that's what Never. everyone no. desires and then people say like oh you have to have a purpose and you have to have no. a thing because no. well no well yes and no but don't forget that in 2020, when I wasn't working, I spent that year 
designing a game for Haggis. So I did have purpose. Designing Fathom or is it designing the, the next or something in the future? Something in the future. Okay. So it was it was my my resume, I guess. I mean, you you know, I'd I'd already been I guess doing some consulting with Haggis anyway, uh, with with Greg on some of the rules and choreography, and also Damo on some of the design ideas. Not not anything major, but I still had been you know shoving my opinion down their throats. So this was just a, a natural. <laughs> How fucking horny are you right now? Mate? I'm not horny. I'm fucking drunk. <laughs> you know, doesn't hell. go hand in hand. No, it doesn't. No. Oh, there's another one. Um, <laughs> this week I've gone to, I think, three Christmas parties. Um, and one of them was my, my girlfriend's Christmas party, Marty. And, and she works in HR. And I know you've probably got some of these stories because I know in your, your previous job, you weren't necessarily in HR, but you had a managerial role. So you probably had to have a lot of HR issues. Correct. Yep. All the time. But two, yeah, there were, there were two people there that were very senior and they were talking about their, their previous jobs and they, actually, they, they did mention where they were from, where they worked, um, but they were kind of like head of HR, these two people at different places and it was the end of the night and they were, they were, te- they were telling their stories like, the, this is the most fucked up thing that happened at my previous, in, in all of my, my work at, um, in HR over the years. Would you like to hear those two stories? Like, really of course quickly? I would. <laughs> I, so I, I think we all want to hear these stories. All right. Rate them, rate them compared to your stories out of 10. Not in hilarity, just like how, okay. how messed okay. up they are. Um, yep. So one of them was uh, there was a manager at a, a very large retail chain in Australia. Mm-hmm. And the manager walked into work one day at, you know, 8.45 and um, told everyone that he's got very important managerial stuff to do and he's going to lock himself in his office and please don't annoy him like don't don't come to me unless it's like life or death like i'm i'm in work mode today and apparently he he went into the room and didn't leave until five o'clock he like bought his own lunch and everything the next day uh the hr person got pinged for an excessive amount of porn being watched on a computer (laughs) (laughs) and and there's a very set of very large companies so they have policies and procedures so they have to like print out like here's here's the ping like here's, this is like this is a site that the person shouldn't have been on and this is how long they were on the website for <laughs> and there were seven and they printed out on a piece of paper so that it's kind of like you know they go to the person they say here's the proof and yeah 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 there's 74 porn videos marty over um over the seven and a half hour workday and just the it just his guy was he was married and I don't know if he wasn't allowed to watch porn at home but he sat there and and browsed seventy four different porn videos and then got fired. Uh, okay, that's one of them. Okay, can, can, am I allowed to comment now? Sure. Okay, seventy four videos. You know, I mean, you've been to Pornhub. They only go for about you know five minutes. Uh, well, I hey. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? I, I I got so bored the other day, and someone linked me to it. The Pornhub like trends of the year, and they go into so much detail about people's porn watching trends, and the average time on the website 
is very like from country to country is is like you know like eight and a half minutes to like nine and a half minutes like that's <laughs> it's 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 literally like people just there to just like do get their it business off. Get and it. then they get close they the shame move it on there. move it on clear your browser history and away you go i could i couldn't believe how like the the it it wasn't like that variable like everyone's just there for us just yeah um yeah five minutes that's about how long it takes me okay so that's that's story number one story number two story number two uh oh i'm struggling to remember the fine details of the story but it was it was i think it was the janitor of the like or someone who, who cleans the office um approached this this manager like person in hr and said hey uh, I stumbled across this porn video on Pornhub and I'm pretty sure it takes place in like that office over there. And the manager's like, okay, let me have a look. Um, and it was an employee of the company, not censored, like not like I'm wearing a, a mask or like blurring out my head, like literally just like, hey, my name is Ryan. I, I'm here masturbating onto the boss's desk. <laughs> With the company logo in the background, oh. <laughs> and it was sitting there on Pornhub for six months before someone no stumbled across it, and and it, there's like there's no expert, there's no like that's not me. It's it was the it was the person, it was an employee of the company, and that was their thing that they like to do is just I don't know, and and they had to get fired. <laughs> just like their only issue is that the, the logo's there. Like they're like, yeah. For the rest of it, you know, we think you did well. You did well. Thank you for cleaning up. But <laughs> we do need prior approval if you're going to use the company logo. You know, there's there's style guides and you know oh, brand guides. Just, I mean, like the chances of someone finding some random video. I'm not sure how how popular those videos are, but I mean, it could have been there forever, but it wasn't. Yeah, I I, I don't know whether I'm really going to go into it too much but you know what's what's really interesting about those stories is that you're hearing about somebody else's stories right yes i have got so many like that where i am the person that's had to deal with it <laughs> you're the one cleaning up the gym i am the one oh <laughs> just just give me one marty come on oh by the way this is um this podcast is not for kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, there's a lot of pressure now. I, I, okay. One of my favorite stories is where we, cause, you know, I used to work for a sales and marketing company, and we had in our sales division, we had, you know, people working at a call center, but also people out in the field knocking on people's homes, right? Trying to sell them stuff. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to get in trouble for it. Um, and we did get this complaint once from from a, a potential customer or whatever rang up and said, uh, one of your sales reps came to my property and pissed in my garden. <laughs> and we're like, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> did you get? Did, did you see what he looked like? <laughs> they said, yeah, we saw her and she took a dump <laughs> in our garden. <laughs> So, so. Did it happen? Is that a it's, a, it's a true story. Oh, no. 
So, have you ever had someone knock on your door, Marty, in in a hurry and be like, "I need to use your toilet"? No. Okay. It happened. It happened to me once. Um, I didn't answer the door. It was my my ex, and she and the person just was like, "I I need to use." I, I you know like you pretty much couldn't say no. Rushed into the toilet. Like we heard it all. It was like loud, and and then just we just left the front door open, and she just let herself out, and we didn't go into the room. It was the like the guest bathroom <laughs> for three days. We were having arguments, like serious arguments about who should be checking it. I'm like, you let the person in, and they're like, yes, but like you, you, you would have let the person in. And I put it up to a Facebook vote. This is very, very early on into Facebook days where people posted personal stuff versus just memes and, and, and random stories. And then everyone said that, that they should, <laughs> my, my partner should to do it. And mm. it was, yeah, it was bad. It was, it was a number three. Oh, right. Okay. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. So just don't, if you're, someone knocks on you, just, I'd rather, <laughs> it's a blessing that somebody shits on your front wall. <laughs> it's better than all over your wall. Trust me. Uh, so, so pinball, Ryan. Mm. Yeah. It's a pinball podcast, right? I don't know. I don't know. Scooby Doo. James we Bond. We did get we did get criticism from last year's podcast that we didn't talk enough about pinball. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, pinball. It's good. It's growing, and uh, whoppers are great, and the industry is just great. It's it's so different, Marty, from when we started. Like the industry, I was thinking about the other day when we started podcasting. There was really no one that was how about this. There was like a bunch of insiders in pinball. Like I feel like it was a very much a boys' club. And there was the outsiders that were really passionate about pinball, you know, the Zach Sharps and the Keith Owens and, and all these people that were just obsessed with pinball, but on the outside. And now we have a lot of people like yourself, Marty, on the inside. And it's great. It's it's a great thing for, for pinball, I think. Um, no, it's shit. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. My, my thoughts were going to, and if this is re- really not interesting... Ryan, just either shut me down or you listener, just turn off the podcast right now if, if you find this boring. But I'm curious to know what makes them successful because just just because you're passionate about pinball doesn't mean you're compatible being a pinball designer or or a rules designer or a coder or whatever. You know what I mean? Or or that you can fit in with Stern. Yeah. Because I'd also imagine that there are a lot, a lot of pinball people out there that have tried to get in there and have been rejected. Yeah, definitely. I don't um, think that being passionate about pinball is is a success factor to starting your own company or, you know, you need the whole package. You need people and support around you that know how to, how to make things and, and everything. I'm just saying if I had an option of someone like Keith Elwin who has lived and breathed pinball their entire life and has probably had many many dreams about pinball and fantasized about like ramps and rules and spinners and and analyze imbalances in in pinball rules and shot geometry versus someone like mike from home pin who like clearly liked pinball at one stage but is more of a drink beer at the bar and and have a few games with your mates like that's um that that's passion in a different way about pinball and I, and I don't think anyone can deny someone like him is, is passionate about pinball, but there's a difference to me in, in how that relates to the manufacturing or design of a, a play field rule set. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. It's, this stuff has got to consume 
you. And you've got to be somebody that allows it to consume you. You know what I mean? Like, so if you are, you've got to really be obsessed, obsessed with it in a, a healthy way because the amount of thought and this this is from my own personal experience and and I'm not saying I'm like I'm certainly I'm not saying I'm I'm in the same league as other designers or whatever and I haven't been doing it as long but from my my point of view I mean I used to dream every night when I was going through the 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 rules design process or you know in 2020 when I was designing the game it wasn't just you know 15 16 hours a day that I was working on it as soon as I went to sleep, I was dreaming about it as well, which was, was good. A lot of creative things came out of that. But that's the level of obsession that I think you need to be able to put out a great product because pinball needs to be magic. Remember, I, I've, I've mentioned this a number of times on Fun Around that, you know, the whole idea of it is how do you get somebody to want to put the, hit the start button again, either by putting money in or if it's free play, just the start button. Mm. And it's, it's a magic formula. And I think you really need to be obsessed and consumed with pinball to understand that magic. And I think that's what the example you're giving is why Mike from Homepin can, you know, there's a game there. It's, it's got flippers and it's got ramps and it's got lights, but, but there's no magic. It's just, it's by numbers. Yeah. It's dra- dragging and dropping uh, pop-ups onto play fields. Is that money? <laughs> uh, that's my favorite quote from our podcast, I think. Um, Back in the day, if you remember that one, is that what he said? No, it was it was uh, it was Joe Kamikow, I think, talking about how easy um, and quick playfield design can be. One thing I can tell you right now, categorically, yes, is our best mate in pinball, Robert Mueller. <laughs> no wonder people just absolutely caned him for saying pinball is easy. <laughs> it's. It was just, A, a it was offensive, I think, mm-hmm. and B, so misguided. Just just completely the wrong thing to say and completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and this is where, you know, I'm, I'm, this isn't going to be a big, like, you know, Haggis is amazing, but we've been through a lot of challenges and... It's the tenacity and it's the ability to push through those problems and not give up that makes it successful. I thought it was uh, stealing money from grannies that makes people <laughs> successful. Oh, God. Uh, did it fall know. apart? Like, we, did we talk about this last? Uh, no, it doesn't really matter. Um, I'd, I'm still in complete shock of, like, how that all unfolded. Uh, and I haven't been keeping up to date with with that much of of you know the updates, but I think we talked about it uh, or talked about when all these companies were kind of starting up, um, and yeah, you know, there was Highway Pinball, and there was, and we were saying, well, like how, like all of these, I don't think all these companies are going to exist um, forever. So how does it how does it work? Like what happens when they can't make pinball machines anymore? Um, and, you know, when Highway Pinball kind of collapsed, like, I, I didn't think that people would be getting the aliens. <laughs> but they are. And then when the Big Lebowski stuff happened, I was like, well, that's it. Everyone lost their money. But lo and behold, that's that's happening. There was that other company who hired Dirty Donny. I can't remember what they, they made, that, that 
symmetrical pinball machine. And they oh yeah, the um, Sun Coast Sun Coast pinball. Yeah, they. I'm not sure if people were left high and dry or if they just kind of like realize it very early on they can't afford to do all this stuff. Um, cosmic cosmic carnival. Yes, yes, it? that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I flipped it. Ah, really? Okay. Yeah, I flipped it at TPF. Any good money? It wasn't. It, do you know what? It wasn't terrible. People that ended up playing a more advanced version of it said it wasn't great. Do you know what? One of the criticisms that people said is that when the when the ball goes around the ramps, you can see the the ramps swaying left and right because <laughs> it's just so flimsy. It wasn't mounted anything. But but you know, Batman sixty six had ramps that moved as well. So I don't, I don't know. Do you know what I played at TPF money? What's that? Kingpin. I played that at TPF too. Where the fuck is Kingpin? <laughs> what happened? No, to I know, and because and they were going to do the pinball circus as well. This was what they called Circus Maximus. Was that the yeah. company? Yeah, they were going to make. I mean, again, this is what I say: making pinball is hard. Here are some of the things that we all know: making a prototype game is vastly different to setting up a production and manufacturing facility to make games ongoing. Completely different disciplines. Don't you? No, I, I'm not saying anyone can make a prototype, but more people can make a prototype than they can set up a pinball manufacturing company. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying anything that's that's too crazy out there for you. No. <laughs> well, so then, how do you think the uh, the other companies are going, Marty? Scooby Doo, you know, uh, announced a couple of couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I mentioned this on Final Round that I, I found it quite, I don't know, I was taken aback when Scooby-Doo was announced and that there was so much negativity towards Spooky. And I really probably shouldn't have been that surprised, but I guess I just don't follow social media that much. And, you know, they used to be the darlings of the, the pinball world and then to have all this negativity and, and really it's it's off the back of really Halloween and Ultraman which wasn't received all that well I think it's it's weird because I think people not liking a game that they bought kind of with, with minimal knowledge compounded with them trying to sell it secondhand or before they get it and and losing uh, well, not losing, but you know their assets depreciating one or two or three thousand dollars. That's the big stinger for it. I mean, I think uh, Toy Story hasn't been super well received as well, but I don't think people think it's a horrible game. It's just not the game that people imagined in their heads when they heard the rumors of of Toy Story coming out. And people are kind of losing a little bit of money off that, but it's not to the level of kind of Halloween and and Ultraman and um. I think people just, I don't know, Spooky got like a, a, a good run for a while of um, like not being able to do anything wrong and getting a lot of support, you know, back when people used to, if Stern made one mistake, they would be absolutely crucified. Um, and yeah, Spooky could make lots of mistakes and it was it was okay. But I think their, their run kind of ran out a little bit when there's a bunch of people that left the company and people kind of just said, "Well, okay, well, who's who's making these games? Who's coding these games? What's the what's the the roadmap here?" 
Yeah, so my understanding now is really that, that Charlie Emery has stepped away and really it's his son and Spooky Luke that are running the company and designing the games. And my, my understanding is Spooky Luke is somehow related, like, is he... Son-in-law or something? Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a, it's a a family business. I mean, it's always, you know, like advertised as a family business, but it kind of cements that when people that were there for a while or, or whatnot depart the company and then it's it's even more family now. I like them at Spooky. There you go. I'm prefacing them by saying, I think they're, they're nice people. But I think the main difference is that there was something, there, there is something about Charlie that's really endearing. You, you, just, you just want him to succeed because he is just such a nice person. Like he's just the, the loveliest, warmest, nicest person. With him not now being the face of the company, I just don't think you've got that same level of warmth. Mm. Is that too harsh for me to say that? Um. I, I haven't, unfortunately, um, I know there's a lot of podcasts where I think Bug and, and possibly Luke have, have been on um, in the last couple of weeks and I, I haven't listened to it. So I, my last recollection of Bug was him being a little kid on the, on the podcast and, and whatnot, but I know he's, he's all grown up now. So um, I, I couldn't confirm or deny, but yeah, I mean, Charlie's, Charlie's a likable guy and he's, he's mm. the face of, of the company, just like, just like Jack Gunnery was. Yep, um, yep. Say what you will about him, but he's 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 very likable and very you know very endearing, and, and people put a lot of stock in that. Yeah. Uh, so overall, how do you think pinball is going? Uh, competition pinball, buying no, pinball no machines. No one, no. no but one just, <laughs> but just well, I mean, it all feeds from manufacturers, right? Yeah. If they're if they're not pumping in new games, then. I think don't think there's going to be as much enthusiasm. There's not going to be well. There might be the tournaments, but I really think that the the companies that are bringing new games out are partially responsible for the enthusiasm overall. And I'm I'm just keen to get your thoughts on how you feel they're all going. Um, except for Haggis, don't talk about us. <laughs> I mean, I, I it's it's hard not to bring it back to like the prices and how fucked everything is in Australia at the moment because it, I can't objectively say like, oh yeah, like James Bond came out and it looks great and, and this and that. Well, I mean like it doesn't look that great because the, the code isn't there and it's, it's super unfinished, but it's like almost unbuyable in Australia. Like the limited edition pinball machine, um, I think Rush LE was around 16 and a half thousand Australian dollars. Uh, Godzilla was about, I think 15, and a half thousand Australian dollars. So there was a jump there. And then uh, Bond wasn't 17 and a half or 18 and a half or mm-hmm. 19 and a half. It was $20,650, some fucking shit like that. And it was just like, whoa. Like it really, when they edge it, like $500 or $1,000 a time, your, your brain is like, oh, okay, it's just a little bit more. Like I'm an idiot, but like I'm just going to spend a little bit more. But when it's like a, you know, $4,000 jump, it's a, it was a real big point for me to be like, this is fucked. Like, this is what, like, if I buy this, I feel like I'm an idiot. And um, because, and, and I know people will be like, well, if you like it, you know, it doesn't really matter how much it costs and blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a lot of money. And I, I just feel like, um, 
certain pinball machines like Toy Story and Bond are not going to be worth as much as, as they were sold and prices have to come down. I know there's, I know there's, there's COVID and there's, you know, shortages of everything and everything's still hard and it's going to be hard for a while. And the Australian dollar is in the toilet. Um, I know all those things, but that, that doesn't mean like, okay, it's okay. Cause of all those things, I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. If I'm signing a pinball machine, um, I, I can't spend eleven and a half thousand dollars at the moment on, unless I, <laughs> unless I just get a hundred percent of all the takings. Um, it's not worth it. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Okay. But Bond coming out at $20,000, did it make you angry? No. No. Okay. I, no. I, I 100% understand why it happened. <laughs> like, yep. I, I understand. Like, we, <laughs> we, the company that I work for, we raised prices by like 30% because all the employees wanted to get paid 30% more or they were going to go. And everyone in our industry got like, not held to ransom by employees, but like, you either pay the people what they want and like, or you, you're not in business anymore. So I 100% understand why the prices had to go up. I'm not angry. Um, but I'm, I'm not like surprised that people at uh, companies are potentially selling less of pinball machines. There's no way that Toy Story sold anywhere near as much as, you know, Guns N' Roses or, or, you know, Willy Wonka. Well, and, and look, again, I mean, I, I think it's possibly a, a different story, but um, Scooby-Doo didn't sell out as quickly as Halloween and Ultraman did. In fact, I think it was considerably longer. And I also believe um, the uh, some of the distributors took some of the, the shortfall as well, which still means they're going to go to a customer, you know, regardless. So they, they did still, still sell them, but it's, I think that's for, for a different reason. I think that's the Halloween effect. But I guess my question to you, Ryan, has the bubble burst? Have, has, it, <laughs> has it burst? Do we think people have now said, okay, all right, I get it. You've had your fun. We've all had a bit of a laugh. You know, but $4,000 price increase, fuck you. Mate, as long as there's like a good pinball machine theme, artwork and, and assets and all that stuff, like that's, that's when Bond's people not just it go, though. yeah, Bond's not it. And, and my first, one of my first thoughts when Bond came out is like, holy shit. Like if I know Venom is a, is a rumor and has been a rumor for a while and I don't know if it's still a, still a thing, but who is going to spend 20 grand on Venom? Like because you have that conversation in your head you're like well it's james bond and it's been around for this many years and i watched it when i was a kid and james bond's cool and he gets all the ladies and you can make jokes and get away with it but what is who has any memories about venom like why there'll be a couple of people that'll buy it you just have to have really amazing artwork and all the mechs and all that you know like you need that perfect that perfect combination of everything and and that's when it doesn't matter what it costs everyone is clamming over it and, and has the, the FOMO um, because yeah, Scooby-Doo is an amazing, amazing property to have like yep. everyone. My kids know who Scooby-Doo is and I don't let, I never showed it to them. And I'm like, how do you know what Scooby-Doo is? And I'm like, Oh, it was like a meme and, and this, like they're, they're relevant and they always will be. Um, but Venom doesn't mean anything to a lot of people. I, yeah, well I've, I've never seen a Venom movie and 
for some reason, I think people have said that they're not very good movies. Is that true? I haven't seen it either, Money. There you go. So, either they're not good movies or people haven't seen them. Not Wait a, a second. No, property. I did see. I did see it. No, I have seen that. I saw the first. I think there's possibly two. Someone's going to be screaming at the podcast now. I did see it. It was just very forgettable. <laughs> people aren't going to be screaming at me because if anybody has been listening to this podcast, they know I don't watch a lot of movies. I didn't watch The Matrix because of you, Marty. You know how you always blame people for like, I was going to watch this movie, but then people talked about it too much and they ruined it and I didn't watch it. Yeah. I was yeah. I I I love the Matrix, and I and yeah, uh, I almost watched Matrix Four. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. And was was like, it Resurrections no. or something? Yeah, yeah. Resurrections. Yep. Um, and you haven't seen it? No. I, I, okay. I, well, well, I I categorically say you're welcome, <laughs> and I mean it, and I mean it especially especially if you are somebody that loves the Matrix. Just don't do it. So, oh my, oh my god. Do you, you okay? So you know my obsession with Avatar. I was just about to ask Marty. It came out. <laughs> Have you seen it? I don't want to know. I don't know. What are you seeing? Okay. Okay. This is being recorded on the eighteenth. Correct. I don't know. It could be terrible. I don't. I don't know. And I don't. I don't want to look at reviews. I don't. I just. I okay. <laughs> I, I. I need to talk to you about. Moby syndrome. Okay. Moby Dick. Moby the, the the guy, the singer dude. The singer dude. Moby released an album called Play. Fantastic album. Not, um, you know, some people are going to say, oh, fucking bullshit. It's not for everybody. But it was an album that had track after track after track. It was just one of those rare albums where just about every track on the album was a brilliant track, right? Mm. You know, you you know, you get those rare albums. Yes, it was just, and it came out of nowhere. Did they blend into each other by any chance? Like, can you just put the CD, like the the CD? Yeah, it was a CD back then, probably. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put it on and just does it like just continue on, or were they, were they no. very defined songs? Very defined songs. Yeah, okay. Very defined. Like it, they, it does it chops and changes. Okay. So it was just the best. It was, I just couldn't believe how great this album was. So then I think it was either a year or a couple of years later, he released an album called 18. Mm-hmm. And it was 18 because it had 18 tracks on it. And 92% of uh, Google users like that. I don't know how I know that, that stat, Marty, but it's 92%. So it must be good. I hope you're about to say that it's very good. What's that? Which one? The 18. No, it's it's... It's it's fine, but it is exactly the same as the Play album. Oh, okay. So it was just this massive letdown. So I have a real problem ever since that time. I honestly do. I have a real problem with sequels. I feel like you have a problem, Marty, with like putting too much stock in things, like overthinking yes. these fucking things that you are you are not in control of at all. <laughs> I know. I obsess about like this. This is the whole thing, and this is about. I know we've had this conversation about about people, about music, about movies, about things. I either absolutely fucking love it, or I'm ridiculously indifferent to it. Mm, that sounds that sounds a bit binary, Marty. That sounds a bit zeros and ones. <laughs> it does sound a bit like that, but it's not. 
It just means that I have energy mm. that I give everything to for things that I think deserve it. So I do. I, I obsess and I and I think and I it just goes through my mind. And so I'm stressing out at the moment because this avatar, the way of water, has been what thirteen years later, mm-hmm. and it could be this terrible movie. It could be, and I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you need to watch it immediately because then you will know. <laughs> versus thinking about watching it and being in some kind of hyper stress situation. Trying mm. to think of if it might be good. Hey, talking about music really quickly, Marty and, and Aussie bands. Uh, I, I listen to Dr. John's podcast. Yeah, I'm cool. Sure when a new album is coming out, and he, and he always asks people what their favorite Aussie music artist is, and and everyone answers with very very old songs, um, and 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 people, um, and there's a lot of great Australian music that is kind of you know new. There's, there's still Aussies producing content out there. Sure. Do you do you have anyone in mind that you that you like at the moment, or that isn't a cur- a current Australian artist? Yeah, or just just newer than nineteen seventy is what I'm trying to get. <laughs> no, I I don't. Well, client liaison, I think, would be my favourite of recent years. Okay, I don't know. Oh, oh, Ryan. What type of what genre is it? It's kind of it's a it's a bit funk a bit pop a bit retro a bit club they've got they've got this oh no oh my god look at a photo of them they look hilarious they're not a joke band but they are and it's not a parody but they are sort of paying homage to 80s and 90s excess money mm. and 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 so a lot of their film clips are about you know office workers and um and they they, they even did a song with um What's her name? Tina Arena. Um, I've seen them live so many times. Mm. They are the client liaison. Everybody. What um, are people? What are people going to search for money if they want to listen to like an album or a song? Um, Diplomatic Immunity was the album that they the first album. You could listen to either album. I, I couldn't even I couldn't even pick a song to start with. But do you know Do you know the band Chromio? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, you don't. No. Oh, okay. Well, for for our American North American friends, Chromio would be almost a, a bit of an equivalent-ish sort of a bit bit retro funk. Anyway, client liaison, look them up. Okay. Fantastic. I'll do it after this podcast. Is the question what would be a good band theme? That's an Australian group. Is that is that <laughs> yeah, the question? Sure. Bring, bring it back to Pimple Money. Bring it back to. But is that Pimple. but is that the question? Is that why why? We're, we're no, asking it this just, question. It, it just came up. So I, I just saw Rufus to Soul the other day. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and they they're great live. They're like, you know, just as good as as listening to them on Spotify, or you know, or even better. Yeah, and um, right. yeah, I was just 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 thinking about Doctor John's Pinball Podcast and and mm. how everyone just mentions people that have not producing music anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. The end. Is Client Liaison your first first, um, pinball machine, Marty? Is that the one that you designed back in 2020? (laughs) The real thing, multi-ball? Unloaded switch frenzy? Yeah, yeah. 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 Feel feel the rhythm something, something. Feel the rhythm. That's a good song. Yeah, Yeah, feel the rhythm. I think that's the one that's got the the film clip in the snow. Mm. A Foreign Affair is the song with Tina Arena. Do it. It's great. 
It's, mm. it's all about traveling on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> machines these days, Marty. I think I feel we always knew this, but people that play have have an ego and and no no stop it you lie most people are are, are sensitive in that if they if they don't feel like they're doing well they they take their ball and take it home and they they don't want to play and this pinball machine sucks because you know it's too hard Or, or i mean too easy is also like you know that was that was kind of the the toy story thing like hey this is too easy too easy is bad too hard is bad but there's like a sweet spot in the middle. There's Godzilla, which is the longest fucking playing game ever. Um, and for Lord of the Rings, it was like a bad thing. But for Godzilla, like people will say it, but like, yeah, but it's but it's amazing. Like it's Godzilla. If you want to play a game, you might be playing for 45 minutes, um, but good good stuff happens. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it's more evolved than Lord of the Rings. But just, I don't know, Marty, if you've had one of those long games yet on on Godzilla. I'm not sure if you've had heaps of time on it, but it's a it's a long game. It's I it's my only thing with it that I avoid playing it because I don't know how much time I have. Sometimes I'm like I want to have a little break from work. I want to play Metallica where I know I'm just going to kick my ass and I'm still going to have fun. Whereas Godzilla, I, I need you need a good half an hour. Yeah. Um... What would you like me to say about that? <laughs> there was a couple of questions in there. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept on talking after the questions. Just, just start, start with one of the questions. What was the first question? Um, hey, Marty, have you played much Godzilla lately? No, I avoid it. I, I went to Hashman's. It was there. I went, no, nah, I, I, I just don't want to play it. I did, I did mention it today on the Final Round podcast that... I finally got to play Led Zeppelin. Mm. Ah, okay. And what's, I mean, I know people probably already listened to, to Final Round. But. But, I don't know. I don't know whether there is a Venn diagram with the two things in the middle. Anyway, I I said today, and I'm, I'm still drunk, but I'm a little bit sober compared to what I was. I think it's possibly Stern's worst game they've ever made. <laughs> no, there's big bug hunter in there. Nope, nope, fucking nope. Better, better game. I said today, the most offensive thing I could say about Led Zeppelin is I would rather play Rolling Stones. I would. Can I tell you why, without knowing knowing any more details than that? the The best thing about Led Zeppelin is the rule nuances, but but. In classical Stern of late fashion, well, most Stern games, you need to read the rule. They're not going to magically make sense like a... Lazy. Lazy. Have inserts, have call-outs, have light shows, have it on the display. Oh, what kind of call-out kind of call tells you how to get, like, the th- multiplier up to 270 times because you hit this ramp five times in the musical note and this... Like, there's no call-out that's going to explain maths. It's not possible. I did say a light show or something on the screen. So <laughs> The light show blinks 270 times, which means you're on 270 times. Eh? No, but there's something on the screen that could tell you that. Yeah, I, look, I, I feel... I had this, again, I had this conversation. I had to defend my, my view uh, about Godzilla once more at Hashman. 
and and I I say I, I think you're just it. There's too much. With there what? Is with now Godzilla? Too, with Godzilla rules. Godzilla. I've not read one bit of rules. I had one rule explained to me right by Ryan Wanger, which is a, an amazing thing that you can choose your um, your perk, the two X or the add a ball. You can choose it before you shoot it into the scoop. I'm like, ah, oh, I never would have figured that out on my own. I don't know why, but I never would have figured it out. But everything else I've learned from playing the game, Godzilla makes sense if you play the game. That that's fine. That, that's that's great. Are you saying that Led Zeppelin doesn't make sense even if you play the game? No, it doesn't. I've no. I've played I've played enough games on it, and I refuse to read the rules. And I just I'm I don't care enough about competition pinball. If someone beats me because they know more rules on Led Zeppelin, then that's that's me being lazy. Um, Rush. I, I know has a lot of injury, like stuff to it as well, but I, I understand it enough um, to to play. But that that also has like a bunch of. I mean, like I can't complain about it because this is what pinball has come to. Like they need if you bring out a pinball machine that is code complete when it comes out, uh, and people can figure it out easily, then you will your pinball machine will be flooded on the second hand market before you can sell all your pinball machines. The, the way to sell the most pinball machines, I believe, and this is coming from someone <laughs> that is not in the pinball industry, is to have complicated rule sets to st- stage the code releases over the manufacturing period. And then once it once you're not making it anymore, like who who really cares if, if it's on the secondhand market? But if people are getting bored of it or seeing the end and seeing everything and there's no promise of anything else that's coming, if you're like, Hey, this is complete. Like, buy our buy our machine. It's code complete. That might spur on sales, but it's going to leave people being like, okay, well, like Guns and Roses. Yeah, well, Guns and Roses doesn't even have no Guns and Roses is was sold is flooded on the second hand market because they sold an absolute cuntload of them, and <laughs> it a lot of people that bought it were new into pinball. Like, I I think more people than people than I ever know that like got into the hobby got through um Guns N' Roses their first machine but I, I don't think that Guns N' Roses has a a wizard mode yet Marty I'm not sure if you no but it, it a lot a lot that when it came out there was a lot already there like there wasn't that much they had to add later it was still pretty fully fleshed out mm-hmm. so yeah. that's that's my point. Somehow we're talking about complex rule sets. Uh, yeah, Led Zeppelin. I don't know. I still haven't played the premium and the. I uh, I didn't even care about the rules. It felt shit. It none of the shots felt satisfying, and also none of the shots that I made felt like I was doing anything. It's so weird. Uh, yeah, that you're, you're right. It's just progressed the song a little bit more, and as I said, the the fun of that game is in the insane rule knowledge that you need um you know i've seen eric stone just get some ridiculous score and i'm like okay that makes sense like it makes sense if you know a shot's going to be worth like x billion because you hit 75 shots before it to get to that point but if someone who's flipping the ball around is is not going to get that satisfaction no so um, this is the, and this is the the real dilemma that that i have and, and i'm sure all the other designers as well have <laughs> I mean, throwing myself in with all the designers, but it it's the game itself being enjoyable, and then there's the scoring side of it, which also needs to be 
enjoyable. And you've so- got to somehow put those things together because, like you're just saying, like, oh my God, what, what was that dickhead's name? What, what was it you, what did you say? Mike from Hampton. No, <laughs> no, the one that just did the billion <laughs> shot on Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Eric Stone. Yeah, sure. Um, it, it, it's like, oh my God, he did the amazing thing where he got this score. Couldn't give a fuck. Did he get to the wizard mode? Did he do a really cool mode? Did some fucking amazing multi-ball or light show happen? Or did some really funny call-out happen? Like, points? How How is it that a point has become the reward? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's... Shouldn't it be, like, for me, one of the best gaming moments in pinball is the start of multi-ball in Adam's family. There mm-hmm. you go. I've said it. Yeah. And then multi-ball happens in it and it's fun. But it's it's multi-ball. It's also the score as well, but it's it's the the challenge of you know getting greed and then starting that multi-ball. That's the reward, starting multi-ball. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not maths. And that's I think Avengers was the first game that like totally zapped me out of like oh, I love this game shoots like better than I think any game I've ever played before, like I love hitting combos and I love, but like it was soulless in its like reward system of letting you know you're doing well. And it like was the opposite of what my brain enjoys in, in pinball. Um, And cause I've, cause I've played all the nineties games and for some reason the nineties games were like designed to whatever goes on in my brain. I don't know what fucking goes on Marty, but the, the reward system for, letting me know I've hit a jackpot in, in multiple in like 90% of the Bally William games that came out does something to me. It releases like dopamine and it, yep, and it works. Yep, yep. And for some reason, Avengers did the opposite of all that. Like I didn't have fun except for the, the satisfaction of hitting the shots, but it, it needs to be more than that. It needs to be, you know, everything surfed up to me. Yeah, and I think you and I, I think we, you and I did have a conversation about Avengers. Behind the scenes, we did get, um, actually, do you know what it was? <laughs> it was last year when we did our Christmas episode last year and we bagged the shit out of Avengers. <laughs> and then and then we had this behind the scenes conversation where someone was like, but hey, you get million, millions of points. It's like, yeah, but people, most, most people playing pinball that that 20 million points that you're giving them that's not the reward it's the light show it's the call out it's the the vibration of the the what do you call it dildo so <laughs> <laughs> uh, about james bond i was going to say rumble but i i've been playing playstation all day but you know the shaker mode huh? thank you <laughs> Oh, God, how drunk are you? I'm really drunk. I I recorded the podcast today with Jeff at about, I don't know, I think maybe one o'clock. And that was six hours ago. <laughs> and that, I was drunk then. So <laughs> quite quite a lot. Anyway, the, the point I'm making is, as, as you're saying is, that no one's really got the magic bullet that that knows exactly what's going to work. And I think that's because you've got a company like Stern that can have a massive hit on its hands with Godzilla. And and 
I've categorically said this, that I don't think Godzilla is a bad game at all. I think it's a freaking amazing game. It's just not me. It's not compatible with me, right? That's okay. You yep. can you can That's be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, well. Yeah, more and more people are coming over to my side. But anyway, besides, uh, it's one of those weird things in in pinball, Marty, where people like when when stuff comes out. Sometimes ninety nine percent of people will say it's amazing. One person will say it's shit. All the other way around, um, you know. And then and then it settles. And then well, and then and then more people will shift from one side to the other, and people will be like, ah. Uh, I told you so. I told you Stranger Things was a good game. I told you everyone was shitting on it, but I believed it. It's like, nah. It's like Stranger Things is good, but it's not. Like, it's not amazing. It's just when a game comes out and it's lacking codes and and you know, like it's, it's not that great. It? Yeah. It's not that great. And and then it, what happens is it doesn't sell well. So then there's not many around. So then it's scarce, and then people want it, and then that that's the cycle that that brings it up. It's nothing to do with like it being an absolute amazing game. And so what's going to happen to Godzilla is it's selling like hotcakes. And then eventually when a new game comes out, people will be selling Godzilla. And people will be like, yeah, it's not that great. No, it, it is. It's just there's a, there's a lot of them, okay? There's a lot of Godzillas because it's fucking amazing. Because it was a hit. As I said, it was a hit. And that's why I say, objectively, it is a great game. I know it is. It's just not for me. But the, the, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that you can have a company like Stern, who's just on a roll, release Led Zeppelin, yeah, and get it really wrong. <laughs> they stopped making it already, didn't they, Marty? I don't know, but but how how could a company release Godzilla and Led Zeppelin by hiring Keith Alwyn and and by keeping on the payroll Steve Ritchie? Like it's. That it's the person designing the game. Like one of them has exhausted a lot of their ideas and is probably just a bit over it. Well, I mean, let's see what what gets hap- um, happens at JJP. And the other one is Keith Elwin, who has a backlog of ideas in his head that will probably last him many decades. Marty, can I can I can I just give you can I just drop off Godzilla to your house because it's unfair that you don't like this game. You can have it. Okay, I'll drop it off for free in the yeah. next couple of days. Yep. And you can play it during your break, Done. and then you don't you don't have to be like, ah, oh, I like it because I paid sixteen thousand dollars for it. You can just say, yeah, it's shit. It's it's confirmed it's shit. Absolutely. I mean, do I have to give you anything like a handy J or a BJ? A reach around. A reach around. Reach around. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm up for any of that. Absolutely. You know, the only problem is, I don't think you've been to my new house, have you? I'm not carrying it up any stairs. Okay. Well, we got a problem. <laughs> do you, do you, you can you can park your car in the in the street for a couple of weeks, Marty. Why would I park my car in the street? So you can have the pinball machine in the garage, and then I don't. Have I don't have a garage. Place. You don't have a garage. I haven't been to your house, Marty. <laughs> you haven't been to my We're house. We're friends anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've seen you twice this year, <laughs> possibly three times. Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, well, let's but talk. Let's I, talk I, 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 I would. I would, first of all, greatly appreciate that because I do, I do want to like it, and I do. I, I probably do just need more time with it. But uh, those fucking flop flippers! Oh my you god! You can. I'll fix the flop flippers for you, money. I'll put the flippers. You'll fix in any, the flop. I'll put it in the in a boner position if you want. Like <laughs> any anyone you want. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, all right. 
Dick's in pinball money. So James Bond has a dildo. Yep. Scooby Doo has two knobs on the apron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that move Quick, as well. Quick hey, Silver has them all over it. Yeah. What a great year for pinball. Like the dildo in Bond moves and shakes. Yep. James Bond's the two. Sorry, James Bond. Scooby Doo, the, the two dicks like move and, and on the ball. With airy balls, yeah. Yeah, and like, Rush. Rush was probably the best game this year, and there's there's no dicks there. What's what's this trend? I thought you know, dicks in pinball. Dicks in pinball. <laughs> <You're> just <laughs> in summary, dicks in pinball. Dicks in pinball. <laughs> <laughs> it's back, baby. It's back. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think was okay? Oh, you know. I think we did this last year as well. Predictions for Trippies. Who do you, what do you reckon is going to get Game of the Year? Uh, it's got to be Rush. Like, under... I mean, like a theme that no one really cared about. Um, but I I love, 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 love the way that game shoots. It's every, It's everything that Turtles fucked up. And it's the same designer. And I... I, I, I love Turtles. I just think... I, I've, never, I've never said a game is too fast... But yeah. Turtles is too fast. The it's upper flipper really, has yeah. great shots that I can't hit because my brain can't adjust. Whereas other games like Tron, which John Borg designed, and and Rush, there's something about the geometry of the way the rails are bent that the ball slows down and you can hit the shot. Whereas on Turtles, even with the game, it's not like fresh out of the box, you know, the game's like too bouncy because everything's too good. It's like even after thousands of plays, Turtles just, I can't do it. See, that's what I liked about it. I liked about the fact that it was, it's one of these games where you cannot play Turtles casually. You can't. You can't sit there being relaxed. You've got to get the Ryan stance. You know, the one where your legs down, your butt's up in the air, you know, your your finger up there. (laughs) Someone filmed me this year, Marty, he's like, He's like, you know, you have a twitch when you play like competitive pinball. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, twitch in your ass. Play your next ball, and I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you. And he filmed me playing like in in the final four, so I was like, you know, under pressure. And he showed me, and I was, I was horrified. I'm like, I got, <laughs> I, I look like I have all all the neurological, you know, extremities. Just I'm on all the spectrums, and I, I'm somehow like, just I was like, fucking. I hell. know, I know. You're you're talking to me like I haven't seen this. I've never seen it, Marty, and people like no, everyone's seen it. Yeah, and they laugh, and but I'm just like, I thought they laughed because I'm like, I, oh no, we've been laughing behind your back for years. Yeah, I don't like so, it. So, but what my point I'm saying is, you know that where you've got to be ever ready. You it, teenage mutant ninja turtles by Stern is the most defensive game they've ever made. Uh, I don't think you've played Black Knight, Sword of Rage, no, Pro, Marty. No, no, I have a lot. I kind of really warmed to Black Knight for some reason. I don't know. I think I think it's the rules. I think what I like about the rules are not complicated, not easy, just right in the middle. Nice. Thank you. Yep, great. And lots of lots of feedback, which I like. But with turtles, you are the the ball is so fast, you are just constantly having to defend the ball from going out. Because it's just any shot comes back. Watch out! Here it comes. So, I like that. I like that. I think that would make you a better player. Have you ever played Marty a ACDC Premium that is as fast as an ACDC Pro? No. 
I feel like the other day when I was playing an ACDC Pro and I was backhanding the, the left ramp on the fly, as in like trying to get to jam multi-ball and you don't even like try and trap up, you mm. just go bang, bang, bang. Bang, yeah, 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 yeah. I've never ever been able to do that on a premium and it's got nothing to do with the stand-ups. It's gonna, I don't think it's got anything to do with how the game is set up. I feel like there's something in that game that the Pro is has a stronger flipper power than the premium. I would love for someone who has done some testing or like knows something about the game. I heard something on a similar podcast about a pro and a premium being different in, in some other way, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's a thing or if I'm dreaming it. Okay. Whilst people are out there researching that and I don't know, have we still got an email head to head pinball at gmail.com uh, email yeah, us. or just message me on, on Facebook, Ryan Kaz. Because I played somebody's ACDC vault. Mm. And I'm telling you now, the flippers on that game felt really light, almost like toy flippers. Hmm. And and do you know what? It was one of the criticisms that I had. Sorry. It was one of the pieces of feedback I had about Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> Company policy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was the flippers felt like they were hollow. There was nothing inside them. So you would you know, flip the flippers and you wouldn't feel any sort of feedback from the flippers. That's how light they were. Is that a mechanical feedback? I don't understand what, what people say this about that new, that metallic flipper thing and like it feels different and so hard to get used to. And I don't, I don't know what that feeling feels like because I don't know what people are talking about. Okay. Are you like dead inside? No, I'm not dead inside. I just don't feel like I've ever, besides like the sound and like the, like you can feel a little duck, like, you know, when you you hit it, like there's mechanical things happening, which is connected to the chassis where you're holding the hands, your hands on the pinball machine. So you can potentially feel that. Correct. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, correct. Every game, every time you flip, you get feedback through the flipper buttons on every game. Okay. And they all feel different. But if you've got a really light flipper bat, it really, you don't, you still get the same sort of speed, but you just won't get that same sort of thud. And so the reason I'm saying, I'm, I'm just piggybacking on the, on the back of your question, saying if anybody knows whether the, the ACDC vaults that were made, I don't know, probably about two, three years ago, for some reason, the flippers feel really, really light. Surely it's just got something to do with like my um, two White Star games that I own, Lord of the Rings and Simpsons. I don't know what it is if like it's not soundproof the same, but it is like when you clack the flippers, when you press the flippers, it is so loud. Like the, the sound goes out of the pinball machine. So is that is that a heavy pinball feel because you can feel it and hear it more, or is are you talking about something else? I still don't know if I get it. No, because sometimes no, it's actually more of a weight thing. Um, yeah, you can sort of feel it when you when you let go of the flipper. You know, okay, it's as subtle as this, right? When you are pushing in a flipper button, you are firing off a coil which makes the flipper go up, right? So a mechanical thing happens, and then when you let go, the spring pulls it back, right? That, that, that's as technical as I'm ever going to get. So that mechanical motion has a feeling, right? So 
whether whether you've got the playfield you've taken off the glass and you've got the playfield up, whether there's no playfield glass or whether there's glass there, every time you flip, a mechanical thing happens, which sends a vibration through the game. Okay, so I would say you could even put your hand on the glass and hit the flipper with one hand, and you'd be able to feel it through the glass, right? Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Have you not felt that before? Are your no, fing- fingers it. dumb? <laughs> I felt it. Right. So, I mean, that, that and that flipper feel that you get is really important, particularly when it comes to competitive play, because people use that as timing for when you can hit your shot, right? Mm-hmm. It also can sometimes give you an indication of how the flippers are going to feel because each manufacturer is different, all that kind of stuff. What, what, what's the point of this? What are we saying? ACDC doesn't have that for some reason. No, it just feels really light and so you don't get as much feedback with it. And I'm, I'm just curious to know whether any, if anybody has that same experience with that game. It's, it's really noticeable. If I, if I went you to this person's place which you've been to and and said, okay, go and play this game and tell me about the flippers. You'd go, geez, that feels weird. I'm like, yeah. Compared to like a new Stern game? Any other Stern game. So even the new ones you think you can... Even the new Stern games. It's just this one game. It just feels really weird. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Great. Message message Marty for ACDC premium stuff, Vault. Uh, Actually, there is a Pro Vault, but no one, I don't think anyone bought the Pro Vault. Um, and message me for ACDC Pro Flipper Strength. Why is it? I, I love ACDC Pro. I don't know why. I've got a I've got a premium, but I always you talk about like being on the edge of your seat. Like, yeah. I yep. love how freaking hard that game is. And yep. I love the fact that if you go for a send the ball sideways to go for a jackpot, like you're most likely going to lose your ball. So you better make sure it's a good a good song. It's got to be worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I. I... It did take me a while to fully appreciate how good ACDC is. But it's also one of those games where if it's not set up right, particularly if the flippers aren't that strong, it's if you can't make the ramps solidly, it's just not fun. It's really weird, Marty, because I've played so many ACDCs now and even um, the one that we play at Rubik's is a ACDC premium and it's hardly had any plays on it. And like to... If, if you're the second player and you're on ball two and trying to backhand like the right ramp, like it's got to be so exact. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I'm not sure if it's a premium thing with the flippers. I said, I'd never have an issue on the, on the pro, but um, yeah, it's, it's not a fun game when it's set up shallow, but you want to backhand the ramp. So you kind of need it to you need the flippers to be good. Yeah. 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 Anyway. They've got to be really strong. Otherwise, I mean, how satisfying is it doing the jam ramp? just backhanding that left ramp over and over on the, again yeah, on the fly. On the fly. It's yeah. so I mean, good. if I was a good enough player, I could, uh, you know, hit the ramps uh, left and right. And that's, that's another thing that I love about Keith Allen games. Like, it's pretty much like, I'm going to move the posts of the uh, slingshots so you can't, you're going to really struggle to post pass because if you, I'm going to make my ramp so easy that you should, you should shoot a ramp to get the ball on the other side. Um and I wish other games were like that because it's it's been how many years of um, I would rather shoot this shot from from this flipper, so I'm just going to post it to the other side, and and there's pretty much no risk after you reach a certain. And that's just clever design to be able to make that happen. Yeah, 
Yeah. He's very good. Hashtag I love Keith still. Hashtag Keith. Uh, funny. Still don't know how much his uh, James Bond is. <laughs> Unless it's been released in the next... Uh, the next six days before this podcast gets released, but yeah, it will be. It, I've I heard that it was mid December. Is it when it's getting revealed? This is going to be really interesting because, as we've already talked about, the Ellie coming out at twenty thousand dollars here. What was it in? What was it in US dollars? Uh, I can't remember. Thirteen or fourteen or something? No, not that much. I think possibly twelve or eleven and a half. I'm not sure. So, are we expecting this one to be? more expensive do you want me to repeat this the conversation i had with the australian distributor when i when i got called about my bond le that i didn't buy yes please hey ryan got a bond le for you hey you know you want it i'm like ah i haven't really like seen much and can you confirm the price oh it's twenty thousand six hundred and fifty dollars right i'm like oh geez and i can explain to you why the price went up <laughs> if you if you want you know it's I'm like yeah, no you don't need to you don't need to i understand like you don't really set the price like that's fine so yeah, are you in or are you out I'm like, well, like, if you look back at the email that I sent you a, over a year ago, it, I, I did say, uh, hey, um, Mr. Distributor Man, uh, can you please put my name down as a very interested in a Bondale when it comes out um, or an SLE, whatever the, whatever the best version is, I want. I want like dibs on that. It's like, okay, well, we don't know the price on the, the thing. All I know is there's going to be a scoring reel on this, this, and that. Uh, but let me tell you one thing, Ryan. <laughs> this is the best part let me tell you one thing ryan if you can't stomach twenty thousand six hundred dollars you're not gonna buy this if you if you can't stomach twenty thousand six hundred dollars then like I, i'm pretty much gonna remove you off this list because like it's gonna be a lot more than that so right okay <sighs> but i mean i might still be on the list but i just that was the other thing about Bond being that expensive, like being that expensive and knowing that you're getting the second best version potentially. But are you? Well, we, we don't, don't know. know. It's it's like it's why I couldn't buy Cactus Canyon out, you know, limited edition. It's just like, you know, it's going to cost X amount of dollars, and it was really expensive in Australia. Uh, and and it's also going to be more when you want the extra content, but we're not going to tell you how much it is. Like, nah, fuck that. Like, I, yeah. tell me how much it's going to cost. I want to know. I want to know the details before I make a purchase. Like, don't fucking hide information from me and get me to, to you know, oh, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be a pleb. No, I'll let everyone else do that. And then I'll buy it secondhand <laughs> once it's good or I won't buy it once it's confirmed that it's shit. So who is the best designer in the world at the moment? Uh, I think I've made it very obvious that it's Keith Allen. <laughs> yep, cool. By like no, I just a long, to... long shot. Okay, okay. Okay, the reason why I asked that specifically <laughs> is because this is going to be a real test. Sorry to put the pressure on Keith, because we know you listen to this show. This is now, oh, oh, this is real pressure. He's already designed the machine, man. He's just letting you know, no, so there's no pressure. No, I know. No, I, no, 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 no. This is now the value associated with his name. Yeah. That's all it is. Are people going to stomach $25,000, $30,000 for a single level play field 
because it's Keith Irwin and it's got some unique shots. But do you think Keith Irwin is the one in the in the in the meeting room saying like, "Hey, I will design this machine for you guys, Stern, but like, you got to sell it for thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> like, don't." <laughs> it, he has probably absolutely nothing to do with the cost. He just said, "Hey, Keith, do you want to design a single level game?" No, I know that. What I'm saying is that as a brand, as a sub brand of Stern, El, hashtag Elwin is a brand within a brand. That brand now needs to sell these single level playfield games for more than twenty thousand dollars. So this is going to be a real test of how good a designer he really is. I feel like he's probably got a but. I mean, I know this has nothing to do with the twenty thousand dollar thing, but I mean, he loves old school games. He loves old school stern electronic games. He's talked on podcast like the slam talk podcast about how like things that he likes and things that he doesn't like like he he will have or probably several playfield designs like ready to go for single level playfields in his in his head of what like you know imagine if a single level playfield does this and that um i think he might show companies like what amazing things can be done without two ramps or a single ramp or three ramps or and a side flipper i mean we've had TNA come out in the last five years and that was great fun. Did it use the entire play field the best that it could? Um, let's see. It's a, it's a, a you know, I'm, it's going to be a very different game than that, but I feel like you, you can make amazing single level games. Well, obviously, I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> Celts. Well, well, Celts, but, but Fathom, hello. Like, you know, the, my, my favourite era of games still is early 80s. And early 80s, Gottlieb, Williams, Bally. Is Keith Allen going to elevate I didn't it to, say the, Stern, to the next the level? Of what I was just saying then. <laughs> yeah, I love those arguments. Stars, great game. I want to hear that bell. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, and then and, and how does the other bell sound? Ding, 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 ding. That's when you know you got the 100K, Marty. Dong, 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 dong. <laughs> the bell is the, the chime is just sitting there, just waiting to be used for that one shot. It's great. Oh, oh look, I, I, yeah, stars. Yeah, when you don't want to spend forty minutes playing Godzilla, money, I'll drop over stars and Godzilla, and you tell me what you like the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. No, I, I get the appeal of stars. I think it's just been a little bit overhyped. Oh, I'm yeah, saying. definitely. Like every, yep. like every other game talked about in the podcast in the last couple of years. Yeah, I know. I know. So, what else do you think is coming out soon, Ryan? <sighs> what do you know? No, I know nothing. I'm, I'm very, very much out of the loop. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be. I'm not in the inner circle of trust and I don't have to keep any secrets anymore. I don't. I don't have to be called Marty in the middle of a workday and be accused of leaking uh, information that I didn't leak. I, I don't. I don't need to be messaged by pinball people and say that I'm manipulating people. In the end. I don't need that, and I don't. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I completely understand all of what you just said because I was. Side by side with you through most of that, <laughs> especially that. Oh, okay. We won't we won't give names, but it was that time when you and I were both shown something in the space of I say let's say twenty four hours, but it was overnight. 
whilst we were asleep, somebody else that had that same information leaked it. Overnight, we woke up the next morning to this barrage of somebody saying, how dare you leak this information? We're both like, fuck, we didn't. You've only just told us and we've been asleep all night. It couldn't have been us. I know. I remember, I remember you messaged me and was like, hey, did you leak it to anyone? I'm like, ah, I showed it to my, my wife. Um, I don't think she knows. That's all I showed <laughs> leak. you. There's the leak. And, and, and I went and asked her. I was like, hey, did you like, and she's like, what? No? Like, who the fuck do I know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, just making sure. <laughs> uh, good times. It, no, it wasn't good times because we felt shit. But that, I that felt wasn't shit. the worst one. The, the the worst one was the other one that I I got accused of all these all these things and being mixed with another podcast and it was enough to make me be no. Like, I, I know I went out of this thing and then the person went on a podcast and said it was you. Ah, oh, that was the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> They did. They were like, yeah, <laughs> something about too. Marty Robbins. And I was listening to it. I'm like, holy shit. It, it must have been really important to like not even know who. <laughs> anyway. But the, the good thing is, I, 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 it's it's better to put my name because I couldn't give a fuck. Mm. I just don't care. So, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, come for me. Come for me as much as you want. I don't care. Is that, is that, <laughs> gosh, that sounds so weird. I said, Come, come for, for me. me. I come didn't say come me. on me. <laughs> hey, Marty, I have, a, I have a fitness strap that I, I wear now, and it's a really hardcore fitness strap, and I'm not that hardcore into fitness, but it's to improve my sleep because I, I value sleep. And I have very poor sleep, and it's improved since I, I wear it. It's called a whoop strap. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, and what it does is it, it measures, like, all these things, your heart rate, your your skin temperature, your heart rate variability, and it and how many calories you burn, and you meant to use it to become a better athlete. And I enjoy when I go on on hikes or, or bike rides. It usually automatically, it's a fifty fifty for me. Um, picks up my heart rate, figures out like my hand movements, and knows what I'm doing. It's like, hey, you were playing basketball, uh, it, you know, between this hour and that hour. Um, but for some reason, for like hiking and and bike riding, which is my main exercise modes it doesn't work that well but twice this year Marty while I was after I finished the finals of two pinball comps I've looked at my phone and it said hey like we can't figure out what activity this was but for two hours you have you had an elevated heart rate of like between 110 and 130 bpm and and it was like what are you doing and obviously there's no pinball but it's I didn't realize how I mean, when your heart rate is elevated, you're not doing something. It's like it's a it's a level of stress. But pinball puts my body under that level of fucking stress that this this fitness strap thinks that I'm doing exercise. I'm not surprised by that. I think what we've got to remember is that layering over the top of that is this enjoyment that we we are you know playing pinball and having fun, but. It is still a physical game. It's still a mental game, and it's still a stressful game. Mm. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed playing pinball, um, pinball this year in in, in comps. Um, it was our conversation on the final round pinball podcast that opened up the gates to another another pinball venue. Um, a, a listener called called Dylan, who runs um, a business in the city, allowed us to start running comps. And um, we donate all the money to to charity. Well, we'll say <laughs> here's, a, here's a funny conversation, Marty. We uh, on the during the first comp at at Rubik's, 
Dylan was like, hey, like, instead of us, like, giving a couple of dollars to the to the winner and me taking some to maintain pinball machines, like, why don't we, you know, show of hands who wants to, like, donate the money to Royal Children's Hospital and we'll buy them a pinball machine if they want one. And everyone was like, yeah, let's do that. Um, and I'm like, okay, Toy Story is going to probably come out at the end of the year and it's going to be, uh, like, 12 and a half grand for the standard. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to take us like two years to raise the money um maybe we'll figure something out um yeah and then it came out and the cheapest version was eighteen and a half thousand dollars and we're like all right fuck that let's <laughs> <laughs> the next um, pro that's family friendly <laughs> yeah oh guys so you've had a big year for tournaments yeah yeah it's been great it's it's been the the resurrection year of trying to get things back to to where they were before it's just, again, it's so funny that, I know we've mentioned this before, how our lives have just reversed. Yes. <laughs> Roles changed. <laughs> so, I, 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 I did do one tournament this year. Yeah. Which was at your house. Oh, really great to see you there, Marty. I actually enjoyed it. But every other time I think about the tournament, I, I go doing a tournament... I don't know. I, it's almost like I get like an allergic reaction, like this, or this feeling of disgust. It's like, ugh, I couldn't possibly put myself through that kind of stress. I've already got enough stress in my life. I feel like, Marty, you have flipper skills and game knowledge for some games that you could easily be the best player in, in Melbourne. But what you're lacking is practice of, like, I. I feel like people really underestimate the ability to perform under pressure is something that you can not be in tune with and come to the first tournament and win. And we've talked about it, then you get this perceived pressure, which really doesn't exist. And the, yeah. the best players have all these flipper skills and knowledge and recovery skills, but they also have the ability to like stick to the plan and not have the elevated heart rate. And be like <laughs> Keith Alwyn, who's like the duck who's calm and, and frantically swimming under the water um, and looks like he doesn't give a shit, but he does. Um, it's uh, it's an important skill, which I still feel like I haven't learned. I've learned it in, in tournaments that aren't important <laughs> when it comes to something that I really want to win or a big tournament or Brisbane Masters or something. I like I haven't figured out how to to do it yet. I agree with you. I I can be either really calm or I can be really fired up. What I need to be is calm and fired up. Yeah. Not you know, not don't care but care enough to play well. <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, so yeah, I mean I I won more tournaments this year than than anyone else. Um, leading into the Victorian State Finals, the the VFPA one that we that we run for fun, and I had a five strike lead in the I final, I was a watching. five strike lead, and I mm-hmm. I fucked it up. Um, and everyone was like, "Congratulations, you came third! It's a massive achievement." And I'm like, ah, like if I'm not, yeah. <laughs> like you're going to be just replaying all the stuff. No, I I knew I I just when I. I, I also won more games, I think, than anyone at like on the day. I won seven out of the, the how many games we played. And Stu won five, I think, and won the tournament. It's just he, when he lost, he came second or third. Whereas when I lost, I came last and got the, the double strike. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I've, I'll maybe in 2023, my resolution is, is to not suck in, in big tournaments. But it's hard, man. It's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said the, the tournament scene is, is, is great. 
the the whopper changes next year will bring a lot of changes i have been brainstorming with the with a bunch of people in the community what are we going to do next year so that our tournaments are fun but also like worth something because we've talked about it many times before marty it's a balance between you don't want to just cram everything in there but at the same time there's people like simon peel who is in the potentially going to go to germany now because he's the the second best player in australia but if i don't run tournaments that are worth anything then he you know he can't go i know it's, that sounds like i'm making myself sound really important but i i like that feeling of running tournaments where people can can raise their rank up and and go places and and feel good about that next year is going to be a challenge <laughs> how, how do you run weekly tournaments that are worth anything with you know flip frenzy being nerfed and with the multi-match play thing being nerfed as well so we'll have to figure something out yeah i mean how many how many tournaments do you run at the moment that are flip frenzies um we i mean we were running once every every month it, I think it's just the fact that when I run a pinball tournament on a weekday, I'm leaving work or my house or I'm working from home at like five o'clock. Uh, I'm taking a pinball machine with me to, to Moondog World, for example. I'm setting all the games up. I've got people helping me. And, and then I, I get and, and it finishes at around 11, you know, uh, so it's a six hours. For, and then I, I drive home and I'm wired and I don't get to sleep. And I feel like it's a, it's a big investment of time and but i'm like okay well that was a tournament that was worth like 88 percent tgp or, or something like that so you know it it means something whereas now if i do that it's going to be worth like because i don't have the multi-match play thing up my sleeve it might be worth like 50 percent. and someone might win and then it's not enough good enough to get on their card and then I, I feel like i'm doing it for nothing so there has to be something there where how much I feel like six hours is of my time is enough for a tournament to be worth something. But because people are doing these crazy weekend tournaments where it's like a whole day of, you know, like your Melbourne Silver Bowl League, that surely should be worth more than than a weekly tournament. And it will be if you run one in the future. But it's the it's the kind of nerfing of the things that I was doing that that affects me. Are you still sort of obsessed with whoppers and how you're going to get maximum TGP and all that kind of stuff? I I have a an, an <laughs> it'll be called an exploit, but I I think I know what I'm going to do. Um, that that will will help maximize stuff, but I'm not going to mention it now because they have to publish the whopper thing and it has to be enacted on January the first, and then and then I'll start doing it, and then I'll nerf it the next year. Okay, cool. Hi, Josh Sharp. <laughs> Love you, Josh. <laughs> So, Ryan, you may have heard on a podcast this year me talking about uh, GPT. Chat GPT? Well, GPT in general. GPT is the AI language, but it's been used for many things. Like you can create art or you can... They've got chatbots that are now really good. So... So, you've got a choice. I'm going to give you this a, a choice. You can either have something that we both do or something that you do for me. What would you prefer? What? 
Wait, what's the context? <laughs> there is no context. You just have to make a choice. Is it something that we do together or something that you do for me? Let me ask ChatGPT because I have the uh, I have the window open now. I've been using it for work, Marty. I am now AI enhanced. Um, do <laughs> no, I won't write it. Um, let's do something together, Marty. Let's do something together. Okay, Marty. Before you do it, can I just let you know that you are an incredible person with a kind heart and a positive attitude, and your sure. dedication to this podcast and hard work is truly admirable. And you go above beyond to help those around you, and you're a valuable asset to my team and this project that we do. <laughs> that was such an and, and it's a pleasure to work with you, and I hope this compliment helps brighten your day, Marty. <laughs> and that was written by me, and definitely not ChatGPT when I said, "Please give a compliment to Marty." Okay. All right. So, okay, here we go. This is a Christmas song. So you'll need to read out the lines that start with your name and then I'll do the chorus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so we're going to put some nice mood music behind this. Am I ready to go? Yep. It's that time of the year again. The snow is falling down, the twinkling lights are shining bright all over town. I'm feeling oh so grateful for all that we've been through, but for most of all, I'm thankful for the love that I share with you. Ryan, my love, you mean the world to me. <laughs> you make my life complete, you set me free. I'll spend this Christmas by your side, wrapped up in your love I'll never hide. Marty, we'll sit by the fire. And drink some cocoa sweets. We'll sing Christmas carols and dance to the beat. We'll exchange gifts and watch the tree light up. We'll make new memories and fill our cups. <laughs> our cups. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this is the chorus. So Ryan, my love, you mean the world to me. You make my life complete. You set me free. I'll spend this Christmas by your side. Wrapped up in your love, I'll never hide. Marty, my love, my joy, my light, in this dark and snowy night, you are the star that guides me home, and you fill my heart with love and hope. Oh, Marty, my dearest one, you... Are the, what did you feed it to, to give it? <laughs> you just write, write a, a song from Ryan to Marty about Christmas? Did you give it any more to context and like make it really... No. Oh, Marty, my dearest one, you are the Christmas love I've won. Your touch, your kiss, your tender embrace <laughs> are the gifts that um, bring me to this place. As we sit by the fire and guzzle each other's cum, uh, shoot loads into each other's eyes, uh, we're very thankful for the time that we spend together, the love and magic intertwine. Oh, Marty, my dearest one. Marty, you are the reason why I love this season and all of its charms. With you by my side, I know that I can weather any storm. I don't even Storms, charms. Nah. So, Chat GPT's got a bit of work ahead of it. I, I, the only thing that it fucked up the other day was like, give me a 2,700 calorie diet. And then it gave me with like all these little snacks. I'm like, okay, give me a 2,700 calorie diet with no snacks. And then it gave me this like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's like, this is 100, uh, 1,700 calories, which is a bit less than 2,700. And that was it. And I'm like, all right, I just shouldn't trust this AI. Okay, Marty. Yes. What is your opinion on koalas? 
they are not as cute as people think they are, and they are also really smelly. What else do you know about them? Though? Um, they they get stoned on eucalyptus. <laughs> They've got very strong arms that can rip your face off. <laughs> what else? Is that have I answered what you wanted to know? Uh, well, I'm going to get you to read. I, and I, they also get chlamydia, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So people will come to Australia for you know, I mean, the smallest thing can send you overseas. Like, I I want to see this beach. I want to get a photo of this on this Instagramable place. I want to pet a koala or a kangaroo. Um, so I just want to ruin like koalas for for some people, just in case it would have been enough to to send them to Australia. There are other reasons to come here, but Marty, you <laughs> read that for me, please. Okay, koala. This is okay. This is not me, everybody. I'm reading this out, although there may be some crossover. By the way, this is just something that I found online somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere okay. posted it. Koalas are fucking horrible animals. They have one of the smallest brain-to-body ratios of any mammal. Additionally, their brains are smooth. A brain is folded to increase the surface area for neurons. If you present a koala with leaves plucked from a branch, laid on a flat surface, the koala will not recognize it as food. They are too thick to adapt their feeding behavior to cope with change. In a room full of potential food, they can literally starve to death. This is not the token of an animal that's winning at life. Speaking of stupidity and food, one of the likely reasons for their primitive brains is the fact that additionally to being poisonous, eucalyptus leaves, the only ones they eat, have almost no nutritional value. They can't afford the extra energy to think. They sleep more than 80% of their fucking lives. When they are awake, all they do is eat shit and occasionally scream like fucking Satan. (laughs) Because eucalyptus leaves hold such little nutritional value, koalas have to ferment the leaves in their guts for days on end. Unlike their brains, they have the largest hind gut to body ratio of any mammal many herbivore herbivorous mammals have adaptations to cope with harsh plant life taking its toll on their teeth rodents for example have teeth that never stop growing some animals only have teeth on the lower jaw grinding plant matter on bony plates in the tops of their mouths others have enlarged molars that distribute the wear and break down plant matter more efficiently koalas are no exception when their teeth erode down to nothing they resolve the situation by starving to death because they're fucking terrible animals. <laughs> Being mammals, koalas raise their joeys on milk, admittedly one of the lowest milk yields to body ratio. There's a trend here. When the young joey needs to transition from rich, nourishing substances like milk to eucalyptus, a plant that seems to be making it abundantly clear that it doesn't want to be eaten, it finds it does not have the necessary gut flora to digest the leaves. To remedy this, the young Joey, Joey begins nuzzling its mother's anus until she leaks a little diarrhea, actually fecal pap slightly less digested, which he then proceeds to slurp on. This partially digested plant matter gives him just what he needs to start developing his digestive system. Of course, he may not even have needed to bother nuzzling his mother. She may have been suffering from incontinence. Why? Because koalas are riddled with chlamydia. Say, I told you. In some areas, the infection rate is 80% or higher. This statistic isn't helped by the fact that one of the few other activities koalas will spend their precious energy on is rape. 
Despite being seasonal breeders, males seem to either not know or care and will simply overpower a female regardless of whether she's ovulating. If she fights back, he may drag them both out of the tree, which brings us full circle back to the brain. Koalas have a higher than average quantity of cerebrospinal fluid in their brains. This is to protect their brains from injury, should they fall from a tree. An animal so thick that it has its own little built-in special ed helmet. I fucking hate them. The too long didn't read version. Koalas are stupid, leaky, STI-riddled sex offenders, but hey, they look cute if you ignore the terrifying snake eyes and terrifying feet. <laughs> uh, I love that. <laughs> so, good so, there you go. Koalas. Come to Australia, we have koalas. <laughs> we have koalas. That that whole leaking diarrhea into their mouth. Mm. The, like, no, I, that was a bit I didn't know, and that's pretty bad. Yeah. So there's a movie there about that. Um, what's that movie where the art, the ass to mouth one, where they the South Park parried it about like not reading the iPhone in terms of conditions? Why can't I think of the name of the movie? Mm. I the, don't know. Did the horror movie where the guy sews people's mouths to the oh the um the centipede human, human centipede. centipede that's it yeah. I, haven't, I haven't watched that i'm not sure if you've no that. i don't think i will ever watch that either <laughs> but you would have heard on the last fun around podcast that i did get to watch everything every, everywhere all at once ah, yes. which which Great. you had the only thing i knew about it was something to do with dildos did i the butt plugs yes that was one of the best things. Just, uh, did I tell you about that movie, Marty? Or no, I knew about this movie, and I'd been meaning to watch it for a long time. But you saying something about butt plugs, I was like, "Ah, uh, okay, this is going to be a quirky film." It's not like I went, "Oh, hey, butt plugs! I've definitely got to watch this." I got enough. I got enough, <laughs> enough videos on that. <laughs> It's a great. I've got to watch it again. It's. Did you say you watched I, it twice. You, you. I think you alluded to you watched it twice, twice in a row. Yep. Yeah. Because when you when you rent it on, which I should have just bought it, but when you rent it on Apple TV, you get it for two nights. Yeah. Okay. Um. um I've got to watch it. And again. it was, it was just as good the second time. There's an amazing mural of it in uh, what's that place in Carlton that plays the art housey films, Marty? The cinema, no, cinema nova, um, cinema nova, yep. Yeah, in the in the kind of the popcorn area there, there's like someone's painted an amazing mural of um of the main character. What were you doing at Cinema Nova, Ryan? I was watching The Room with a fellow pinball friend, and it was it was hilarious. I'm very late to this trend of watching The Room. Have you ever seen it, Marty? Is that the um? Wait, Tommy wait, wait, Weinstein. wait, wait, don't, wait, yeah, what was it? Was it um? Oh, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to remember that the, the what I feel is the most famous line. The first word. Can you give me the first word of it? Well, no, I know the second piece where he goes, "Oh, hi, Mark." That's it. Ah, oh, you want to know the thing? I, I didn't. I didn't. I did not. What I was did it? Not. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> so I've never. I've never watched the room. I've I've only okay. watched bits of the. Disaster Artist, yeah. but what I've watched is a side-by-side of the original movie with the scenes that they recreated in The Disaster Artist, and they are very close. So I've, I think I've watched The Room twice before I saw it at the cinema, and the reason why they play at the cinema is because people 
really enjoy watching it. And it's almost like there's a whole bunch of amateur comedians in the crowd, Marty, that like, like know what to say to make people laugh during certain scenes. There's certain scenes that people like yell at the same things. Like they, you know, every time there's a, like they're by the staircase, it looks like they're in a prison. People like yell out Alcatraz. It's, it's a, it's a thing. But then there's people that'll just yell out really funny comments to like dialogue that that makes you think it doesn't make sense and these people must have watched the movie like 50 or 60 <laughs> times like it's it's an experience um I, I i had so much fun that night um i want to do it again i i know said people have been doing it for 10 years and they think it's lame now but i'm i'm late to this trend and i want to do it again when you come do you know what i would i would actually over your face <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> still got it i'm gonna tell one more story and then we're gonna stop this no no okay. i can't tell no i can't tell it there's, there's no segue i can't tell it i'll tell it to you after we finish recording <laughs> fuck it i'm gonna tell it and you can beep it out i was okay. my my youngest daughter is seven and she still says hilarious stuff she still has no filter she still doesn't understand like the consequence of things she she says and i, and I love it because she's my youngest kid and and there's going to be a time where that goes away and i'm not gonna have any more kids and it's kind of like i feel like it's lost forever they're just memories and today i went to to pick up my kids from my ex-wife's house and i'm like how, how great's the weather today she's like yeah i want to do some sun baking and uh my youngest kid said uh mommy likes to sun bake naked and i'm like yep i remember that and she's like yep and she's like I saw it the other day. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know whether I want to hear this, do I? <laughs> Her vagina looks like cooked bacon. Cooked bacon. It's cooked bacon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you, you listener, are going to have to get right to the end of this episode to understand why we've called this episode Cooked Bacon. What was the last year? Prolapse. prolapse, Christmas prolapse. (laughs) And no one one saw that there was actually a picture of a prolapsed (laughs) asshole in the picture. What what are you going to put money in this? Well, well. I think we all know. Ah, all right. On that note, we'll see. Have a, have a Merry Christmas, guys and girls. Yeah, absolutely, everybody. Thank you for a fantastic 2022. It was a year. It was a great year. Enjoy pinball any way that you can. If it's watching pinball streamers um, stream pinball, if it's playing pinball on occasion, if it's buying every pinball machine and not playing it, don't let anyone fucking tell you how, how you're allowed to enjoy pinball. If you fucking make videos on Pornhub of you masturbating onto pinball machines with your company logo in the background, that's also fine. Just do whatever the fuck you want. As long as you're not, like, harming someone else or trying to detract from their fun from pinball, just just keep on going at it. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, no people like that. But, yes, for the most part, good people. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a story you're going to tell me after we stop recording, mate. <laughs> there's this one cunt who was trying to take down Haggis Pinball. Jesus Christ, <laughs> you have no idea what we have to go through. Well, hmm. thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See you, everyone. Bye. Have a Bye. good Christmas.